Hey, this is Dave Pryor for The Reluctant Agilist on projectmanagement.com. I'd like to thank them once again for being a sponsor of the podcast. Today, we're going to focus on some research that came out recently that was conducted. And if you'd like to download the research, you can go to scrumalliance.org slash Forbes. We're going to be digging into it, looking at some particular aspects of it. Um, and with me is Hanada Lurch, who is the Vice President of Global Marketing and Communications for the Scrum Alliance. So Hanada, thank you for taking time out of your day. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this amazing report. Yeah, I'm excited to ask you questions. That's the rustling sound in the background is the paper flipping around in my hands. Um, so what is the background of this report? Um, so one of our main initiatives this year is a thought leadership and basically bring Agile to other industries and functions outside IT. And speaking a language that those functions or different levels can really relate. There are so many uh, organizations still sticking to traditional practices of management despite poor results. So we thought that one of the biggest reasons is that many CEOs and, and their direct reports in the C-suite don't really understand what it entails. And, and honestly, too often, those of us that talk about Agile don't do it in a way that really resonates to them. So to fill this gap, we worked with uh, Forbes, Forbes Publications, uh, a division called Forbes Insights, and created this uh, survey. We surveyed over a thousand C-suite uh, executives globally, and also interviewed leaders from uh, champion organizations, champion organizations in Agile, such as Toyota Connect, uh, JW Thompson, G Healthcare, just to name a few. So that's okay. where we, we came from. Okay. So one of the things in the beginning of the report, which I'm going to read the title just for anybody who's trying to look it up, The Elusive Agile Enterprise, How the Right Leadership Mindset, Workforce, and Culture Can Transform Your Organization. One of the things that struck me in the very beginning of the report in the introduction is the statistic that 47% or less than, yeah, less than half the executives, 47% believe that they can get sustainable value from agile transformation but a lot of them are trying to do it anyway. They all know that the way that they used to work doesn't work. So why are they pursuing agile transformation if they, if they don't believe it's actually going to give them the value that they need? Well, based on result, results and what other organizations that there are using agile uh, can accomplish, it, it's really interesting. I mean, if you, if you look at the top benefits is like faster time to market, faster innovation, uh, improved financial and non-financial results, uh, employee engagement, employee morale. So I think organizations are really understanding more and more the need for agility uh, because of, uh, you know, times are changing and the trends are, are there and changing very rapidly and industries are, are blending. So you basically, leaders don't actually even, they can't predict uh, what competitors they are having the, the next year because of how industries are blending. And uh, so I think there is this overall understanding that without agility or some form or a structure that brings agility to the organization is, is really hard to survive. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot that goes into it. I mean, th there's the the time to market, the fact that so many of them are experiencing a drop in growth 
the fear of somebody coming along and Ubering their milkshake. I mean, a lot of the older organizations, um, and, and this is one of the things that comes out in the research too, that they feel that making this switch to agility is really important. But, you know, kind of to what you said earlier, um, they may not understand what that involves. They may not understand how they're going to go about doing it. It isn't an easy thing like you just flip a switch. But one of the the, the findings that I thought was really impactful was, you know, that you say that, um, what is it, 81% of the people that were surveyed felt that making this switch was critical to their future success. Yes, so there's clearly something driving the the need to pursue this. Now, there were three things that um, that came out of this report. I was wondering if you could mention those. Are kind of like the, the main factors or the strategies that that everybody agreed to were important in terms of making this leap. Yeah. What what the the research the findings uh, are that there are three elements that are very important for an organization to increase agility. The first one is to create a, a C-suite with an agile mindset. The second is to hire and develop the right mix of talent. And the third is to foster an agile-friendly culture and organizational structure that can, that can actually support that. Again, this is an, a C-suite-only uh, uh, survey. Those are the, the key elements. If we talk a little bit about each one of them, what we realize is that 35% of sur- survey respondents say that the CEO or the C-suite is responsible for organizational agility. And 87% view the CEO as the biggest proponent of, of organizational agility. So it, it is really important that the, the mindset is there from the, from the top. Yeah. A staggering 83% of respondents cite an agile mindset flexibility as the most important characteristic of today's C-suite. And this is more than ability to manage and attract talent, which was 70, uh, I think it was 79%, and to be a great communicator. So it is really, if if the C-suite doesn't buy in, it becomes really, really difficult. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question about that. So and and we're rolling off these stats because they're they're all throughout the report and they do kind of add to the conversation. And I'm looking at the report as well, so I'm going to be doing that also. Um, so to the to the CEO thing or the C level thing, one of the the things that is in the report on the on the findings page is that um, like in in the Asia Pacific, executives say that being agile is very important and that they see themselves as being integral to that, but they don't think they're particularly good at it. In North America. They executives think they are particularly good at it, but they don't necessarily think that it's, that it's important. And I'm kind of matching that up with my kind of what I see when I'm out there working. And I'm wondering if, if maybe in the report or if in your experience in talking about this with folks, did the North American executives actually understand what what it means? Like we keep talking about organizational agility. Is there clarity on what that is? Because how do they assess whether or not they're good at it? I think there is clarity about agility, but not necessarily agile, right? Agile uh, mindset or agile organization okay. on how to truly support it. But I think where I, where I see the most disconnect is when you see really bright uh, C-suite individuals that definitely have that agility in their in their minds, 
But if if the organization doesn't have a structure that support that, you know, yeah. that that becomes really really complicated. You you just can't can't evolve. It, it stays within the C suite only. So this is so this is another thing. It's not just that executive leadership needs to understand what agile actually means and what their part or what part they play in bringing that to fruition, but they also have to create an ecosystem that can allow it to exist and thrive. Absolutely. They 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 are big enablers of that. Yes, absolutely. And so that's going to go to the culture thing. I'll come back to the hiring part in a few minutes, but um can you kind of talk a little bit about the the findings in terms of the culture and how important that is to to getting app, agile to be adopted in our organization? Yeah, the the culture is is really important because it really requires that uh, individuals at at all levels uh, see things with with a different approach. So they they take a lot more accountability for what they are doing. Teams are more uh, needs to be more. Um, not only accountable, but they also have to be very proactive in bringing uh, insights, you know, and not expecting a like waterfall, a top-down kind of uh, direction for them to move. So the, the culture is, is really important because what is expected from uh, team members is, is a lot different than what, what we traditionally see. Uh, another aspect that is really important is that in order for uh, team members all over, you know, throughout the the levels of the organization, in order for them to make meaningful con- contributions, they need to have a, a really good understanding of where the organization is going and what the priorities are. So uh, a clear communication from the C-suite is is absolutely important. And sometimes, you know, C-suite individuals are tend to be really good at thinking fast and being ahead of the curve, but sometimes they are too busy to to cascade that information through the proper channels. So that's when departments like HR can really be helpful and enable yeah. that across the organization. Yeah, I want to get to the HR thing in a second, but um, the first thing I wanted to mention culture-wise, like, so you just mentioned being accountable and that I did an interview last night and we were talking about that word and just kind of to make a reference to how the cultural thing can shift for the folks that are listening. Um, the old way of working, we would hold people accountable. Like I have to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But if we can create a culture where people are accountable just by their own nature or they hold themselves accountable so that c-level person realizes if i make a decision it's my job to make sure everybody understands why i made that decision and what it is and somebody on that team who's got an impediment um, or has a lack of clarity on something acknowledges that it's my responsibility to go find the answer and my responsibility to make a good choice because it's for the benefit of all um, that is a big difference for for companies. It, it's not just that you can switch over and say, let's follow Scrum perfectly, but that mindset shift is a massive thing and led from the top, but it's got to go all throughout the organization. Um, and that kind of goes to the HR thing. So that, that was something that surprised me. Can you explain that part a little bit more? Yeah, well, there are several nuances that you see from departments. So the way we can do uh, like Scrum, for instance, or Kanban or whatever that is uh, framework that is picked up in marketing is, is different from how it is done in uh, software development, 
you know, or in uh, finance or even in HR. So I, I feel that uh, HR brings the continuity, you know, across the organizations, across the, the nuances and bring all these uh, teams together on uh, the, the one culture, you know, and, and also, as I mentioned before, HR um, can bring down and bring up the, the voices of the organization, can facilitate that. And also some traditional things that HR does, which is uh, hiring the right people that can fit to this kind of organization, training the ones that were hired already with this kind of mindset, but also the ones that were great um, professionals in the traditional model, but it, it's a big adjustment, right? That we, it's needed. And so changing that transformation, cultural transformation, I think HR is one of the, the key enablers um, and supporters of the, the C-suite and also all leaders in the organization. Yeah, there's some really great examples in the in the or in the report. Sorry about um, some of the things that have to change. I'm just going to call out this quote because I've got a big exclamation point next to it. Uh, the notion that an enterprise must be flat to be agile is a myth. Agile enterprises don't just eliminate hierarchy; they rethink roles and provide individuals with the power and autonomy to maximize business value. And and it goes on to talk about how Nokia had to rewrite its organizational structure. Obviously, that's something that HR can help with. Um, but there's another part a little bit further down on the page from for a quote from GE Healthcare where they talk about the fact that it's such a performance-driven culture and it's an unnatural act for employees to highlight something they failed at. So if you think about how, you know, one, the organizational structure, but two, how people are incentivized, how performance reviews are conducted, all of that's part of the culture, the structure, the framework around the culture, and that comes out of HR. Um, do you think that this means that HR needs to be part of heading up the actual transformation in an organization? Like they need to develop that skill set? We truly believe that HR is is a big uh, player. I think in terms of the, the partner of the C-suite, HR is, is probably the the most important because it touches on so many parts of the agile transformation. I mean, if you think about one of the core of any agile or agile framework is the empowerment of people. Yeah, it's interesting to me when I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm thinking, well, now there's like multiple different places. If I was on a transformation gig now, um, there's the people that you bring in, like the consultants who are going to help you figure out how to transform. There's the PMO or whatever, you know, replaces that function that handles with the reporting and the being the brokers of information to the executive level. But then the structure of the of the house, I mean, that's an HR thing. So it's, in a way, I guess it's maybe a shift. I had never thought of HR being included in that conversation before, but it seems having read this report, like a, like a very natural thing, like you would have to have that, which I I was surprised that I hadn't thought of it before, surprised I haven't heard of it before, but it's it's valuable information. Yeah, what, what, we've, what we've seen is that uh, HR and IT uh, professionals are standing out on this uh, agile uh, journey because IT, because they are more familiar, you know, with this, um, the ceremonies and what, I mean, they are just more familiar with the the structure of any of those frameworks. Yeah. But but HR really comes to bring people together and to to change the mindset for sure. 
Yeah. Another thing that's, I just want to mention this too in the report, um, it, it crosses a lot of different industries. I still get people in class who unfortunately come in thinking that um, Scrum or Agile is just for IT, which is totally not the case. And there's a broad range of industries that are mentioned in this report. I mean, you surveyed a lot of different kinds of companies, right? Yes, yes, it was um, it was a, a variety of uh, industries, and it was very global too. So we were able to, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the right uh, proportion was about thirty percent of the respondents were from North America, about thirty or twenty percent, twenty percent was in Europe. 10% Latin America, 10% Middle Eastern Africa, and 30% Asia Pacific. And the industries was banking, telecom, consumer products, and industrial industrial products, and in manufacturing. Yeah, it's it's a broad range. I, um, I want to in a moment. I want to ask you about the um, the hiring aspect of it. But part of what I'm trying to do with the interview is to, to create context for folks who are listening to it. And I want to just mention and see if you want to comment on it, why this is so important. So for, for Agile to continue to grow and for companies to continue to adopt it and for those of us who work in this field to continue to have jobs, it has to be accepted and, and we have to get help the C-level become more aware of it, help them see the value in it. And Research like this from a respected name like Forbes is one of the ways that we can help create that conversation. So for all the folks who come into my classes and want to know how do I convince management, um, things like this, information like this that you can put in their hands and help them see some of the stuff that's going on, I think is a really great way to at least start that conversation. Um, is that sort of the intention behind this or is there is there a piece that I'm missing? Yes. So the, the thought leadership initiative that we have at Scrum Alliance is exactly for that. We we actually this year we um, we focused on two tracks. So the first one is the C-suite and the second one is HR exactly because we feel that this is a, a great way those are great enablers, and this is how we can support the Agile community with Agile transformations is by bringing, you know, the enablers to to the game as yeah. well. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's talk about the last piece, the hiring and developing of the right mix of talent. What were the most insightful aspects of that in the research for you? Well, it is really a different kind of uh, dynamic that, uh, you see in agile, uh, more agile organizations. So hiring uh, people that are comfortable with making decisions, no matter where the, the level they are, that they are comfortable with uh, team work um, and not just the traditional like top down or commanding control or I'm not doing anything that my boss is not telling me to do. So the, having this this kind of mindset that is also very uh, customer uh, centric is is really important because one of the the key elements of uh, agile frameworks is the the self organized teams. So we really need uh, team members to to feel comfortable with taking a stand with showing. Uh, their their minds and you know bringing uh, important contributions to to the teams. So that that's one that hiring the the right talent, but also the ability to to train and, and develop 
the ones that may not exactly be familiar or be used to uh, agile frameworks, but people that are very strategic, that have uh, a mind in the customer value and in building value. So this uh, bringing all this mix together requires some, um, how can I say this, a, a lot of training and a lot of refinement and as, as we said before, a great culture to, to support them. Yeah, and, and one in which people feel um, safe and comfortable in making decisions. Like we're always trying to localize the decision-making. One of the things in the, in the report that really struck me was um, there's a section where they talk in, about hiring, about how millennials might be particularly well-suited to this, um, which is interesting kind of twist on the fact that, you know, there's been, it's it's kind of died down, but a couple of years ago, there was lots of criticism of that generation for being very empowered. Um, one of the ways that that benefits that generation is they're comfortable making choices. They're comfortable making decisions. They expect their voice to be heard. And we all expect that of, of anyone on an agile team, but people in my generation and older um, were taught that their voice didn't matter. Like until you got to a certain level, you weren't really supposed to be talking. So um, that's a, a way in which the generational shift can be a big part of hiring, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. What before was seen as a, a conflict of, you know, millennials are obnoxious kind of, you know, label is, is actually this self-confidence and this need to contribute and to be part of this the solution is, is really, I think, one of the core of, of agile teams, right? The, this is definitely something that is appreciated in yeah. these uh, self-organized teams. Are there is, um, are there any programs or is there any work being done at the Scrum Alliance to try to help organizations, especially within the HR function, to cope with some of the angst of moving out of the old way of working, like some of the, some things like stack ranking or how do we do performance reviews? Um, are you aware of any efforts to try to to tune that up? As, as I mentioned, one of our uh, one of our two main tracks this year of thought leadership is HR. So we are working with um, some HR experts and also people that are um, experts in agile, but in the HR field to bring some of those very important HR matters that yeah. need to be adjusted, such as performance improvements, such as the titles, right, and how and the marketability of individuals. So we are, we are working with um, those thought leaders and we are also opening discussions. So for example, in uh, November, we're going to be one of the key sponsors of the HR Congress in uh, Brussels. We are having a keynote speaker that we are developing. Um, we are developing the content as a as a team. So he is bringing up exactly those issues of how how do you go from the traditional HR to uh, a more agile, and how can you resolve some conflicts? Because at the same time, HR is is a process kind of department. And also we will be discussing at the Drucker Forum, because this year the theme is the human capital, the, the value of the human capital, and how to empower individuals over technology and uh, AI. And so we are definitely working. This is an area of uh, strong focus for us. 
It's interesting. So this, I've done two interviews today with the Scrum Alliance, and each one of them has left me feeling like you, that the Scrum Alliance is actually pushing the envelope a little bit, a lot more than they used to. One in the restructuring of the leadership, but also in terms of this this aspect of it. I've not heard a lot of people talking about, you know, kind of pursuing the HR thing. It's always been a thorn in everybody's side, but nobody's really taken it on. So I think that's awesome that you guys are doing that. Um, so if people want to actually check out the research, again, they can go to scrumalliance.org slash Forbes, correct? Yes, that is correct. And what if they want to follow up with you and ask you some questions about it? What's the best way for them to reach you? If they want to talk to me directly, my uh, email is R as in Renata, so R as in Romeo, L as in Larry, E as in Echo, R as in Romeo, C as in Charlie, H as in Hotel, at scrumalliance.org. Okay, and I'll make sure to include a link to that. I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me about this, about this, and and congratulations on the report. It's some really great stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. I I actually am the one that appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It is indeed very exciting stuff. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.